I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, something doesn't seem right with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it may be more than just the latest injury to Steven Stamkos. We'll take a deeper dive into the Lightning this final week of the regular season with Times columnist Tom Jones, who joins the podcast. And Dante was the inferno for Villanova. They route Michigan to win their second men's college basketball national championship in three years, 79-62 over Steve Versnick's Wolverines. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud with the Tampa Bay Times, along with my somewhat sad producer, Steve Versnick, after his Wolverines lost. But before we get started, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sports day to take advantage of the deal. That's audibletrial.com slash sports day for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. So what is wrong with the Lightning, if anything? I'll say this much. They've lost four of their last five games and been outscored 14-5 to in the process, but they lost to some good teams, including the Boston Bruins and Sunday night against Nashville. And Steven Stamkos hasn't played particularly well. He has only three goals in his last 19 games, hasn't really scored since early last month, and now he's a little gimpy. Had to come out of the game on Sunday night with a lower body injury that seems to have been bugging him. So when you want to know what's wrong with something, I got a guy for you on a cloudy day. Tom Jones is a columnist for the Tampa Bay Times, a good <laughs> colleague of mine, longtime radio host and friend of this podcast, actually one of the uh, originators, and he joins us now. Tom, you were at the Lightning game on Sunday night. Of course, the Lightning lost 4-1 to to Nashville, but let's get to uh, what, what seemed to be at the time maybe a bigger story, and that is that Steven Stamkos left in the second period with the famous lower body injury. Now, <laughs> you, you saw him leaving the arena. I guess uh, John Cooper, uh, as mentioned, maybe sitting him out the rest of the way. Just how serious do you think this injury is? It's not good. I mean, that's the way I look at it. If you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you have a week left in a regular season, and all of a sudden you're worried about your captain and probably still your best player uh, dealing with something and how serious it is. Like if it, if tomorrow, if the the next game was a playoff game, would he play? Probably. But these were important games. That Nashville game that was an important game. They're still fighting for something. And he immediately went off the ice after he tweaked his leg or whatever it was he did. It looked like he got tangled up with somebody in front of the Nashville or in front of his own goal um, and immediately grabbed his sticks and left. And and you knew at that point, this isn't good because he's not even going to try to test it out or, or stick around and see if he can play. Again, it doesn't look like it's a long-term thing. And John Cooper says he fully expects him to play for the Stanley Cup playoffs. But all I know is you got four games left in the season and this was an important game. And he quickly decided he couldn't play in it. So uh, that that can't be good news, I wouldn't think. I love to speculate because that's what we do. And yeah, of course. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's had uh, you know fairly significant knee surgery, and we were talking about the lower body and getting tangled up. You know, very often that that includes some kind of a tweak. So um, could 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 we imagine something that uh, you know is 
I don't know. He's he's not. He's away from surgery now, long enough to where that thing should be should be fairly healed. But it could be also aggravated at some point too, right? Well, yeah, and I and like he missed a game a week ago, the Arizona yeah. game. He missed right. because of a lower body injury. We're assuming it's the same type of thing. Although I guess Cooper now saying that one didn't have anything to do with the other. I'm not sure about that or not. But again, like again, I say this, Rick, that you're going into the last few games of the season. And your captain and your best player who's missed time in the playoffs before is dealing with something. And this is clearly not the same team without Steven Stamkos as it is with him. And you see it particularly on the power play. This guy is a, is a major force on the power play. They went 0 for 5 on the power play on right. uh, Sunday night against Nashville. I don't think that was all because the Stamkos they actually had some good looks with their second unit, I thought. But, um, but they're... They, they need Steven Stamkos. If they're going to go deep into the playoffs, and right now there's a big question about whether that's possible, even with Steven Stamkos, um, they're certainly going to need everybody healthy. It's the one thing, Rick, when, we, when I wrote about this the other day, that this last week I didn't think it was as important as everybody else thinks it is because at some point you're going to have to go through Boston anyway, and at some point you're going to have to win a game in Boston. So it doesn't matter whether it's a game uh, two or a game seven. At some point you're going to have to win a game uh, in Boston. Um, but – the one thing you couldn't have happen in this last week of the season was for somebody to get hurt. And Stamkos and Kucherov and Braden Point, those guys are at the top, near the top of the list. Hedman's and Vasilevsky, two guys you definitely can't lose at this time of year. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if Stamkos sat out the rest of the year. I'd think about sitting him out the rest of the year just to get him ready for the playoffs now. Yeah, apparently Cooper has said he'd like to do that. Stamkos would like to play in at least one more game. Uh, let's stick with Stamkos before we get into – how they're sort of limping home uh, here yeah. at the end of the season. You know, Stamkos has only had three goals in his last 19 games, Tom. He hasn't scored since Wow, I didn't even realize March. it was that bad. <laughs> hasn't, well, yeah, he hadn't scored since March 3rd. That's wow. a 12-game scoreless streak. Um, so, I mean, is there something else that needs to be done, you know, aside from whatever ailments that he's, that he's facing? And, and you mentioned, you know, the power play is sort of his forte, but there's, you know – whether it's keeping him on the same line or taking him off the line with Kucherov, I mean, is there some something that needs to be done to shake it up a little bit to get him going at this point? Well, and the other, and to get Kucherov going, I don't think Kucherov's played particularly he's, well he's the not. last couple of weeks either. Doesn't look like the same Nikita Kucherov we saw uh, certainly the first two two or three months of the yeah, season. He's he's got just uh, just to, to that point, he's got five yeah. goals in his last fifteen, which is a, which is a pretty good drop when you're talking about a guy with For the him. Kucherov skills, mm-hmm. right? Exactly, and it's not only is he not scoring goals, Rick, but he seems like he's getting chances that he was burying earlier in the year that he's not burying now, and I don't know if it's just coincidence or if it's just goalies making big saves or I, I'm not sure the reasoning behind it but he doesn't look like the same player yeah I consider breaking those guys up I consider everything at this point right uh, they're going to need these guys and obviously when you get into the playoffs you're going to need secondary scoring guys like uh you know, like Yanni Gord's really cooled off you know that's another guy that's that's not playing at the same level he was early on Tyler Johnson it gets real streaky he's the guy that you're going to need come playoff time so it's not just all on, on Stamkos and Kucherov, but th- certainly those guys are your your best players have to be your best players. We, you and I talk about that all the time, and and lately they haven't been the Tampa Bay Lightning's best players. All right, so how concerned then, um, you know, should a Lightning fan be with, with sort of what's gone on here? Because they've lost four of their last five games. They've been outscored uh, in those matchups 14-5. to five. And we mentioned the drought that uh, you could say Stamkos and maybe even Kucherov are on now you know i know that you remember of course the 04 team or 4 team didn't exactly 
hit the playoffs on fire and and yet you know they they made it to the Stanley Cup and won it so is it is it just the way they're playing I mean I know there was you know the goaltender interference thing against Boston and yeah. they got a big game coming up against Boston again uh, I, I'm just but I'm not I'm not seeing them winning games against top echelon teams I'm seeing them beating the teams they should beat but I'm not seeing beating the Nashvilles and the Bostons well, they haven't beaten a playoff team, I don't think, since they beat Toronto in that game mm-hmm. where they fell behind 3 nothing. Now, I've only played a couple of playoff True. teams since then. They've played New Jersey, I think. Uh, they've played Nashville now. They've played Boston in the meantime, and they've lost all those games. Rick, look, you watch this team as well as I do. There's something wrong. There's something off about it. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like the team that we saw the first few months of the season. I don't know if... If it's a if it's one thing like Vasilevsky's not saving their bacon like mm-hmm. he was early in the year, or if they're if the power play's cooled off, or uh, they're it seems like it's something different every night, and I can't even put my finger on it. But yeah, I'm I'm aren't you concerned when you watch this team? I look at them and I just I don't know what it is. And I talked to John Cooper about this on Sunday. And he's he's real defensive about it. He's like, we get to, we still have the third best record in hockey. What are people complaining about? We we're we're one point at the time, one point out of the out of the lead in the Eastern Conference. We might have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs before this whole thing's over. And as much as he was talking about, it, I kept saying to myself, this is not the same team that I saw in November in December. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you why, but it just feels different. And they're capable of beating any team in the playoffs. I, I, I'm convinced of that, including Boston. But at the same time, I'm I'm also think they're capable of losing any team in the playoffs, including New Jersey, including uh, the Panthers if they sneak in there. And Rick, I don't care. They could play the Boston Bruins a hundred games, and they could play a hundred different series against them. It's a I don't bad see matchup. them ever beating the Bruins in a seven game series. It's a unless bad match. In- yeah, unless injuries come into play, something crazy like that. But if if they lined up at any time now, next week, two second round, whatever. I, the uh, the lightning would have trouble against Boston. It just feels like something's off, Rick. Don't you don't you sense that? Well, I do. I mean, I, I've talked to Steve about this, and he's there every night, and he he will tell you, and Steve can speak for himself. But but I, I mean that that they did they are competing very very well against the upper echelon teams. Yes, and I and I thought the last couple of games, you go back to the the last two periods of the Boston game, right? And then they're and the range the Rangers are a bad team, and they've sort of tanked it for the rest of the year. And then for the first two periods of the Nashville game, really, and that game was tight until, yeah. uh, you know, things just got out of hand in, the, in a couple of minutes in the third period. They were the better team against Nashville, I thought. And they were the better team against Boston in that game. Uh, so there, I'm starting to see signs of them coming out of it a little bit. But it, they, they still have a long ways to go to get back to where they're at. I don't know. Maybe it's unreasonable, Rick, to expect them to have played at that level for as, for as long as they did. Right. And at the end of the day, it's still going to end up being the best record in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're still probably going to end up scoring as many goals or more than any team in franchise history. It, there's a lot to like about this team. And I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. They're full of superstars. And maybe they hit the reset button once the postseason starts and everything's fine again. We've seen that before. We've seen teams. I, I, did, I looked up a stat the other day where I think the year that they lost to the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks kind of limped home. In that mm-hmm. season, they won like two of their last seven games or something like that, and everybody was worried about what was going on with the Blackhawks. And then on the other hand, there was the best, maybe the best hockey team I've ever seen, truly, the 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins. That Think about this. They had three guys from that team, Mary Lemieux, Yarmer Yager, and Ron Francis, who end up three of the top eight goal uh, points 
scores in league history, all on the same team in their prime. And they won 18 games, or I think it was 17 or 18 games in a row, and then tied their last game of the year. That set an NHL record. They got bounced in the second round of the playoffs by a team that was nowhere near as good as they were. So it, it, it doesn't always tell you, you know, how you play down the stretches doesn't always determine how you're going to play in the playoffs. But, um, but hey, I'd rather I'd rather be playing the way they were in in, Jan, in uh, you know December than they've been playing the last I don't know seven weeks, six weeks, well, seven, eight it, weeks. This is probably just fan speak or, or somebody from a distance looking at this. But you know this team has been so hot for so long, and it wasn't until you know the other night that they had the number one record in the Atlantic, uh, you know, for four months or something like that. Right. Is is the chase for that number one seed? Could could that be could that have been exhaustive in some ways? We've seen teams that have won the President's Cup then go flat in the playoffs. Is there yep. something about trying to hang on to something that is mythical and not necessarily required to win a cup, but yet something attainable? And so, therefore, you know what I'm saying? It's a thing. Yeah, it's it's no, some, no. something you pursue. The the first year that the Lightning made the playoffs under John Cooper, remember that, and they got yeah. swept in the first round by Montreal, and that's when Ben Bishop got hurt right at the end of the season. He missed he missed the right. uh, he missed the playoffs, and and it's easy to look back and talk about well that's the reason they they got swept in the first round because they didn't have Ben Bishop, and certainly Bishop would have made a, a huge difference in that series. But I remember talking to John Cooper, and John Cooper talked about what you just mentioned, Rick, which is I think is a good point that he felt like they they sort of just blew themselves out. They, they, they blew all the air out just getting, trying mm-hmm. to finish first in the division and, and trying to get the best record, trying to get home ice and all that. And once they got to the playoffs, they just, they had no other level to go to right. because they had exhausted themselves. I think there's a little bit of that, but more, I, more importantly, Rick, and I keep asking this question of everybody I asked Cooper of it the other night. I asked Ryan Callahan, I asked Victor Hedman about the psyche of the team right now. There has to be something to be said about all year long. They've been in first place, first place. I think it was 70 games we just talked about since they've been in first place. And all of a sudden, the one team that everybody in the back of their mind saying, boy, this is a team that's scary is, is the Boston Bruins. And all of a sudden, Boston catches them because you can't beat Boston. And now there's this game coming up on Tuesday night. And if Boston wins, that'll pretty much seal it that Boston's going to yes. win the division. There's got to be some sort of psychological effect to that to me, that you've had it all year long. It's it's almost like running a, a marathon and you just bust out the this, wire. Yeah. yeah, huge lead. And, all, and you keep looking over your shoulder and like, here they come, here they come, mm-hmm. here they come. And then at the last second, they pass you. That's got to be deflating. And, uh, you know, it, the only thing you could hope for now if you're the Lightning, is somebody takes out the Bruins before you have right. to get to them in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's deflating but I, and psychologically, but I also have seen it um, turn in that, you know, for years and years, and this is a football analogy, which might not translate, but it's professional sports, where the Eagles absolutely had the Bucks number. Uh, sure. Up and, up and including during the regular season in 2002 when the Bucks lost to them. But, but in doing so, they discovered a few things, and they found out a few things. And they kind of knew what to do when they got to the postseason and the plan worked. And so you can't always know exactly how, you know, how it's going to translate, even though a team has your number and seems to have your number. The one thing I I think that has been talked about maybe ad nauseum, but I still believe that it's a real thing. And that is Andre Veslevsky. You know, without question, their most valuable player, in my opinion, um, well, of course, it's without question, in my opinion, because it's no, my opinion. No, but, and I think you're right. I, I think I a lot of people you. would agree with that. Yeah. But 
he, you know, if you want to say what's different, I think he's a little different. And and maybe you can't maintain that level that he had, you know, earlier in the season. Um, but by the same token, he's played an awful lot of games. And I know he's young, but the mental fatigue of that and having gone through it, no matter what you say, Tom, this is the first full regular season he has been their number one goaltender. Yeah. And and the expectations that he created and that the team then created, um, but just a number of games. You know, we, we talked about it. He played an awful lot at the beginning of the season. It's it's March and April that you start to feel that, right? Absolutely. And it's it's much as a mental thing as a physical thing. Yeah. John Cooper was we, – we talked about this after Sunday's game where uh, somebody asked him, hey, Vasilevsky, what's going on? He's given up three or more goals in, you know, whatever – 13 in the last 19 or whatever the statistic was. wasn't good, though. And he said... Yeah, well, it's hard to argue about the ones he gave up tonight. Um, So, you know, there wasn't a lot of shot volume, but some of the chances were pretty good. And, you know, you're giving up those open rushes, open looks to some pretty darn good goal scorers. I don't know who's going to stop those. And I agree with that. But here's the difference. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, you can't blame him for any of those goals, but there were times earlier this season where he was making those saves, mm-hmm. and and it, and sometimes it's it's the goalie has no business making those saves. But last night, I I remember thinking this: it was two to one, Lightning's trying to tie the game. They're pushing, they're pushing, they're pushing, and all of a sudden it goes back the other way, and Nashville has a has a goal that again you can't blame Vasilevsky for giving up the goal. It's practically a breakaway, yeah. but at the same time, you're like. Man, but if he could have gave him, if he could have given him a save right there, it might have changed everything. Again, right. completely unfair to say he should have made the save. But, but he, he was making it. those. He's making those saves in November. That's and he was right. making them in December. You know, and and there's a yeah, and I think part of that, and it, just what you mentioned a second ago, Rick, about this sort of fighting for first place in the division. I understand why they rode Vasilevsky as hard as they did at the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden you had you know Peter Budai gets hurt. And mm-hmm. and you got Domingue, and you don't know how much you can rely on him. And Vasilevsky says like he feels good, and he's playing out of his mind. I get where you just keep on playing him and keep on playing him, and it's almost it's like you didn't even realize until it was too late that he's tired, you right. know. And 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 so I don't know that I blame anybody or anybody could have foresaw what was going to happen, but yeah. it's an issue now. It's definitely an issue now that you go into a playoffs with a guy that might be a little bit tired, and and I don't know how you fix that, Rick, because. Now, yeah. if they lose to Boston, and it, and it looks over at that point, then maybe you, you you're talking about the playoffs starting a week from for the Lightning anyway, either a week from Thursday or a week from Friday. He may end up getting you could, might be able to get him eight or nine days off. But then is that too much? Is that well, right. do you, you want to play sharp? Him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're in a pickle right now with with Vasilevsky. And here's the other thing: you just he's never as you just said he's never been through an entire regular season. And it's one thing to, to play a ton of games 
And then all of a sudden, okay, now take it to another level come playoff time. We don't know how he's going to react. We know how he's played in the playoffs in the past, and it's been pretty good. But that's been after a season in which he's only played, you know, every fifth game. Now he's played now. He's going to end up playing 60 games or whatever. And uh, and we don't know how he's going to react come playoff time. You know, it's funny you mentioned John Cooper um, saying how he thinks, you know, Veselovsky's young, he can handle it. And I've always marveled at how coaches that I've covered had so much tolerance for other guys' pain. You know what I mean? It's like John, <laughs> yeah. John, Gruden, John Gruden was famous for, you know, about guys being hurt and, you know, how everybody's hurt and, and they'll be fine. It's Well, yeah, it's easy for you to say because you're not out there leaning That's on not you. Yeah. man. You know, it's like, yeah, sure, they'll be fine. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if he bounces back. And I do think there's sort of a second win that happens, too, when you get in the postseason and there's adrenaline and, and things like that. Um, a couple more. Let me just ask you. Uh, so let, let's say that uh, they lose – again, um, to the Bruins, okay? And yeah. we talked about the psychological. But but just in general, how important is it to have the number one seed? I mean, other than the fact that you had it and lost it and all that, but in terms of the matchup, they, they probably will play Toronto, I would imagine. Yeah, um, they would definitely they would definitely play Toronto. And I – look, if you're asking me, would I would I want home ice advantage throughout the playoffs? Yeah, of course you do. Sure, yeah. sure. And, it, and, the, and if you ever got into a situation where you played the Bruins and you got to a game seven – would mm-hmm. you rather play that game in, in Tampa Bay or would you rather play it in Boston? Of course, you'd rather play it in Tampa Bay. But I don't think that home ice in, in hockey is as important as home field in other sports or home court right. in other sports. It's not like it is in the NBA. In the NBA, you're almost a sh- if you're at home, you feel like that's worth that's worth uh, like 10 points or something. It's, right. Very rarely do playoff teams lose at home um, you know, in the NBA. NHL it's a little bit different, and and that's what I said earlier that you're gonna you're gonna have to win games on the road. You look back at the year that the Lightning went to the Stanley Cup Finals against Chicago, and I think about it, they won huge games against Detroit in Detroit in that series. Uh, Montreal they won the first two games of that series in Montreal, and then the Rangers series. Remember How about that game great seven? Ra- they had game seven and game five. Remember they that's won right. game five two nothing to take a three two lead. They came back to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And back at Emily Arena, lost game six, and mm-hmm. then had to go on to win game seven on the road. And then again, the next year, uh, they've won a game seven in Pittsburgh years ago, 2011, I think. Um, uh, they won a one nothing game back when Dwayne Rolson was the goaltender. So uh, my point being is you got to win road playoff games. It, it, if you're going to win a cup, you have to win games on the road. So while I, I would, if you give me the preference, would I rather be at home than on the road for game sevens? I'd rather be at home, but... It's not critical. I, I don't. It's not the worst thing in the world if they go in as the number two seed. They're they're going to get Boston in the second round no matter what, right. assuming they win and Boston wins their series. You're going to have to go through Boston anyway. Uh, now you, now it's just you're going to and you're going to have to win a game in Boston at some point. So I don't think it's as critical as everybody else seems to think. But um, but I'll let you, <laughs> I'll say that and then when there's a game then, seven they lose in Boston three nothing then I'll say well <laughs> yeah. Right. Would have been nice to be in Tampa. That's right. Comes back down to that last game that they played uh, against the Bruins. Okay, so I'll leave you with a uh, prediction. Then, do the yeah. Lightning get this? Do they? Do they get the top seed? And and ultimately, how, I mean, how do you think they'll fare? We'll talk more about the playoffs next week. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually beat Boston on mm-hmm. on Tuesday night. Uh, I think there's a, a decent chance they might win that game. They've been playing better. They played 
well again against against Nashville. I could see Vasilevsky and everybody coming up big. I could see them winning that game and still not winning the division because Boston has a, a game in hand and they'll play the last game. It's a makeup game actually because of a I think a snowstorm earlier this year wiped out a game. So they get Florida on Sunday. That'll be the makeup game. I think the Lightning is going to finish second. Uh, and they're going to play Toronto. I think they'll beat Toronto in a seven-game series, but I just don't see them getting past Boston in the second round. But Boston, to me, is the best team in hockey. I think Boston-Nashville, that's looking like that for a Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. I'd take Boston in that series. But the Lightning's best hope is, that again, that, that somebody takes Boston out, whether it's a team like Jersey just gets hot and gets stupid goaltending and, and manages to upset Boston. But, um, but I feel like the Lightning will, will finish second, play Toronto, win that series, and then lose to Boston in the second round, assuming that there's like injuries don't come into play anywhere. Well, this much I know. You'll be following the Lightning everywhere they go, not just for the regular mm-hmm. season, but throughout the playoffs. So we got lots of uh, stuff planned for the Tampa Bay Times on tampabay.com. And uh, he's Tom Jones, the McLean Stevenson, the Norman Fell of this podcast. <laughs> nice pull. <laughs> the guys who made horrible career moves by leaving podcasts or leaving television shows. That's right. <laughs> Norman, Norman Fell. Fell. That's, I know you got to be able to go back. Look him up, folks. Look him up. <laughs> so we'll see if the Lightning can pull out of this. They take on Boston tonight, a very big game against the Bruins. Of course, a regulation win puts them back into a tie for first place in the Eastern Conference, a chance for that top seed. A loss, Steve, and they're almost certainly uh, pretty much not going to get the first seed. They'd be four back with Boston having a game in hand, so that would probably do it for that. Yeah, the Lightning would have to win out at that point, and Boston lose all three remaining games. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a tough chore. And at that point, I'm wondering if you know John Cooper doesn't just start giving guys like Vasilevsky rest. And certainly, the question has already been asked whether Stamkos should come back and play at all before the playoffs. So they they you know you could look at this as an opportunity to make sure that they're as healthy healthy as they can be going into the postseason. I wonder if, if that's the case. The last game Saturday in Carolina, they're home Friday against Buffalo. Saturday they go to Carolina. Would they leave a couple players home, including Andre Vasilevsky, and you know maybe a Nikita Kucherov or somebody, just leave them home, don't even take them on the trip, let them rest? Yeah, just, just do away with the temptation of, of playing them at all. I, I'm with you. I think that was probably the way they may go. Uh, another thing happened, however, on Monday night, which wasn't your favorite event, I'm guessing, right? We don't need to talk about this. <laughs> Fa- fail, fail to the victors. What, 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 what happened? Well, I'll say this. Look, Villanova and this, this Dante Vizin- DiVincenzo, I knew I was going to screw yep. that up. Dante DiVincenzo was incredible. I mean, they, they poured it on. It was a pretty close I mean, look, I, almost for a half, I guess you would say, but in the second half, no chance. And it was weird because I'm watching this and I thought, you know, Michigan came out with great energy and Mo Wagner. He seemed he seemed to get gassed within the first seven or eight minutes and wanted out of the game. And he's sort of their energy. And it just seemed like the whole team was, I don't know if tired is the right word, but they were missing a lot of shots tonight. Well, it's amazing. And we talked about this yesterday on the podcast. And I said, if Michigan can't make shots, they've got no shot. And yeah. as soon as they started missing, early in the game they were making them. When they started missing the shots, you caused log rebounds. Villanova was getting up the court quickly, and Michigan couldn't set their defense. Anytime, right. When Michigan had their defense set tonight, Villanova struggled offensively. They were okay, but they, it wasn't anything like we saw against Kansas. But when they could get out and run and, and get Michigan before they were set, they were unstoppable tonight. And, and that's what, that was really the, what turned the game, is Michigan couldn't make shots. It caused long rebounds that Villanova was pushing up the court. And the game was over. 
It was so over that uh, I, Villanova really didn't even have to play Jalen Brunson for most of the second half. He was in foul I trouble. Mean, so, but yeah, they didn't have to rush yeah, to put for, him back in. No, no rush to put him in at all. And DiVincenzo just took over. I mean, he, this guy he blocked shots. He had these behind the back penetrations, threes everywhere. I mean, that that was as good a championship performance of, as I've seen from an individual in quite a while. Yeah, he scored and, the and most that, points in a championship game since 1989 when Glenn Rice uh, for Michigan actually. What did he finish with again? Uh, I believe 31. Yeah, 31 wow. points. Uh, That's and impressive. He's, he's off the bench. He's their sixth man. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, for them, I guess that's that's the case. But, I mean, he, he he's a stud. And, and Jalen and, Brunson uh, only had nine points. That was a season low for him. Right, right. I mean, Brunson didn't do a whole lot. Um, look, I, I had a lot of faith in Michigan. I figured this game could either – wouldn't Michigan would have been an upset for them to win. Would it have been like the biggest upset in the world? No, they were a three but seed. The f- they were. I mean, they the f- weren't. They had yeah. won fourteen in a row coming in, right? But the fact that they got blown out also didn't surprise me. I guess I would say. And, and I'm, you know, Jay Wright now has won two national championships in three years, so we can talk about where he fits on this Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches. But we talked about this a little bit before we did this podcast, Stephen. And I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I haven't seen as good a team, a full you know, complete, smart basketball team as Villanova as a national champion in a very, very long time in my in my memory, and I'm sure it could be joggled a little bit, but, you know, with all the one-and-dones and, and, and the teams that, that do manage to make it to this game and, and win it, um, look, this team, I think, could take on some of the legendary teams of, uh, of your, like that Grant Hill played on, for God's sake. Yeah, I don't watch a, a ton of college basketball now. I've seen Villanova a couple times this year, but what always struck me is is well coached but they always make the smart play they don't they don't force a lot of things that aren't there they're not taking a lot of bad shots when teams are making a run they have an answer they're just a, a smart well coached well run team uh, and it probably starts with Jalen Brunson you know who's leading the way too but you know it just always impressed me about them and they're one of the best teams i've seen in a while in college basketball just a terrific performance and yeah, you got to give it to Michigan for making it this far and getting to the championship game, but their run is over. And uh, congratulations to Jay Wright and the Villanova uh, basketball program. It's just got it rolling. One final thing uh, or two, the Rays will try again to uh, be part of the Yankees' home opener. That game was snowed out. If you this thought the Rays' bats were cold this weekend <laughs> against Boston, whew, imagine them trying to hit in the snow. Oh, man. It was – there's no business like snow business, I guess they say in New York, but it was incredible. I mean, it was piles of snow. They had plows out there just trying to push it to the side. I guess they're going to try again today uh, at 4 p.m. so you can uh, try to see how the race can handle it. Look, this whole road trip is going to be freezing cold. I don't think I saw uh, a forecast of anything higher than, like, 48 degrees the whole time they're gone. Yeah, not a good a good job baseball starting, you know, before April, and so you're playing all these cold-weather games April 2nd. I yeah, it can happen, and it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And everybody, you know, I've often said, well, why don't they, why don't just all the all the northern teams, you know, play, you know, in the south to start the year for a couple weeks? and then, But that's really, like, not really a, a, a home. That's not really a fair schedule. Well, they're already south know? for the six weeks prior to that for spring training, so. Right, but and you're going to keep them away a couple more weeks before they even get. Yeah, home? that's what I mean. It's not it's not fair to their fans and, and everybody else. How about and, shortening to, the baseball season and starting it in mid April instead of you know well, March that, 29th? I'm all for that. I think I don't think it would hurt them at all to cut out you know go to 154 games, which I'll go to 144. 
or 144. Yeah. Because if you've added, you know, all the wild card rounds, you know, and the play-in game and all this stuff, so I'm in favor of going to 144 games and then making 16 teams in the playoffs, and let's let's do full tournament. I'm for that. I'm also, you know, what I'm also for. Nobody believes that this is a good idea. I'm for having no divisions in baseball. I'm for just saying, here's your American League, play a balanced schedule. Here's your National League, play a balanced schedule. Top whatever teams are in. That's what I want to do. But that's just me. Now, for travel so, reasons, they don't want to do that. I understand. I understand. You know, you're going to have a lot more 10 o'clock starts here in Tampa because you're going to be on the West Coast more often. Right. You know, that's not good for television ratings, which is ultimately what brings the money in. That's what does it. And if you're in Tampa, the way it's the way things are headed with Florida and daylight savings time, that might be 11 11 o'clock starts. That's true. (laughs) Coming soon. Well, I want everybody to uh, make sure they check out this podcast. You have to do that every day. If you haven't, go back and listen to Joel Glazer and, and our exclusive interview my exclusive interview with him from the NFL owners meetings. Um, you know, wherever our podcast can be found, you can see the uh, the other episodes on SoundCloud and and download those and have a chance to listen to interviews with Jason Light and and Joel Glazer and the such. Tomorrow, uh, or actually today, as you listen to this podcast, I'll be going out to Alexander Elementary School up at Lois Avenue in Tampa. Jameis Winston, Bucks quarterback, is got uh, kind of a neat thing that he's doing at this elementary school. Part of his Dream Forever Foundation. He's uh, unveiling a state-of-the-art technology center. So we will have availability, at least, and, and some some opportunity to talk to Jameis Winston, who has not really, uh, you know, addressed all the uh, sort of additions that they've had in the off season. And, of course, you know, coming up April 16th is the first day of the off-season workouts where the players can go back to one-buck place, and we'll certainly have an extended interview with him then. Um, but but a chance to talk to Jameis about what he's doing in the community and sort of his off-season workout. He just got back from College Station, Texas, where he worked out and threw uh, a lot of passes, I'm sure, to Mike Evans and some others. So a chance to catch up with Jameis Winston. So make sure that you're here uh, tomorrow for Sports Day Tampa Bay. We'll have all of that for you. You can always interact with us. I love the feedback. We're getting a lot of it, Steve, from from people who are becoming fans of this podcast. I'm very Grateful for all the people that are listening and saying kind things. You can reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or always email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. And uh, lots of places to rate and review this podcast, right, Steve? Yeah, you can get our podcast pretty much anywhere you get them. So iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or tampabay.com slash sports always has the latest episodes. So make sure you're back here tomorrow with Jameis Winston, a chance to talk to him. And for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 